I just, I really wanted to get back in shape. And, um, so I figured, Hey, running's pretty cheap. I don't have to spend a whole bunch on a gym membership. <laughs> this one's radio episode 735 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, today's episode of the show is brought to you by uh, something that, that I'm still kind of pinching myself about. Like, I don't know how uh, this this kind of working operation is kind of an affiliate kind of deal situation came about, but uh, there's Diz Runs Coffee now. Uh, like, I, I pinch me. I don't understand uh, how this all works, but uh, Siskin Roasters, a small kind of uh, coffee roasting company, reached out to me and said, "Hey, we'd love to uh, to to create a Diz Runs line of your co- of of our coffee for you and your audience." And uh, this stuff is legit. This stuff is legit. It's it's super good, rich, smooth taste. Uh, if you're if you're a coffee drinker, if you're a coffee enjoyer, if you would class yourself as a coffee connoisseur, then you you know. It's good coffee. It's good coffee. You might want to give it a shot. So to get yourself a bag, uh, all you got to do is head over to disruns.com slash coffee. Made it really simple, really easy. Um, they'll actually link you back to uh, the Siskin Roasters website. So it might not look like my website. It's not going to be my website. But if you if you link back through there, disruns.com slash coffee, you can order yourself a bag, get it. And uh, I, I look forward to hearing how you enjoy it. Uh, I'm, I'm confident that you're going to enjoy it. Um, so you can get your, your morning pick-me-up, uh, support the show at the same time, support what we've got going on here. And uh, like I said, I would love to hear what you think of it. So check it out, disruns.com slash coffee. And now let's go ahead and uh, dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, uh, my guest today is one of those crazy people that enjoy mud, burpees, and other such tomfoolery as part of their races. That's right. Today we are diving back into the uh, obstacle course racing world, the OCR world, as it as it were. Um, since I guess it's been a, it's been a while since we had an OCR talk on the show, and it's it's fun to do every once in a while. Uh, my guest today is also a fellow Ultra Red Team member, ambassador. I don't know, whatever we're exactly supposed to call ourselves, Red Teamers, I think. And uh, she's also the co-host of the uh, the OCR Talk podcast. So, you know, if you, if you get your itch scratched by the OCR conversation today, head over to the OCR Talk podcast on wherever wherever you're getting this podcast right now. You can probably find it there as well. And uh, tune in and, and listen to them, her and her and her co-host talk OCRs on a every every couple of weeks basis, something like that is kind of what the, the schedule is. But uh, definitely looking forward today to a, a fun little chat with Miss Anna Landry. So uh, thanks for joining us today, Andrew. Anna, really appreciate it. And uh, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. I like how you plugged OCR talk even before you plugged OCR talk. That yeah, was... <laughs> you know, whatever. We'll, we'll, we'll make it work and, and uh, definitely give you some shout outs here and there as we go. But uh, guys, oh, yeah. if, if you uh, want to check out Anna and follow along with kind of what she's got going on, uh, again, OCR talk is the, is the podcast uh, on Instagram. Great place to find her there at T-X-N-T-X-I-N-L-A. You can, yep. if, if you know your state abbreviations, you might be able to kind of figure out where she's going with that. But uh, that's that's the place to find her on Instagram, Facebook, just her, her name, simple there. Uh, and if you want any links to anything that we talk about today from places to connect with Anna, the podcast, whatever else, disruns.com slash 735 is the link that'll take you back to the show notes for today. 
and we will have everything there for you to uh, to check out photos, links, all of the things. So, Anna, the way we always start oh, off each episode of the show is uh, with the same simple question that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes it's a little bit difficult with the, with the OCR people. That, that sometimes <laughs> throws a little wrench into things as well, but uh, it's, it's still just a, a fun place to, to start from. And it's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Those crazy OCR people, right? You never <laughs> know what's, what we're going to say. Exactly. <laughs> um, so I... Me and my um, my co-host Jason actually we got into more of the ultra OCR, mm. so we are more of our wheelhouse is um, the endurance OCR races. So a lot of um, a lot of race series have been coming out with like the multi lap endurance OCR races. Actually, I've got one coming up. My next race coming up is um, Conquer the Gauntlet in Dallas. I don't know why I picked a multi-lap endurance race to do in the middle of June in Texas. <laughs> but, you know, that's kind of how the schedule fell. Right. So um, it's a four-mile obstacle course race, and we're just going to do as many loops as we can in the allotted time that we're given. So um, different race series kind of have their mm-hmm. different flavors of it. Like Spartan has their um, has their ultra um, which is two laps of their beast distance, which is around 13 miles. So by the end of it, you're around 26, anywhere from 26 to 30 miles mm. with around 30 something obstacles per lap. So, um, yeah, that's kind of what I like to do. <laughs> so the l- um, longer, the better then. Right. The longer, the better. The long grind is kind of where where my wheelhouse is at and what I kind of enjoy doing. I like doing the the shorter stuff, too. But I just the shorter stuff, I just feel like I just don't like my heart redlining for that long. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So it's kind of like like I, I run a lot of ultras, too, as training runs and everything to get myself ready for all these longer endurance races. And so, um, like, it's almost like if you're running a five 5k versus running a 50k like you're you know you're gonna approach those totally differently and i just don't like going all all out for like those short bursts of time Mm -hmm. and just i don't know my heart can't take it (laughs) (laughs) by the end it's like it's super intense and it's super fun but like i don't know my (laughs) i can't redline for that long (laughs) No, I, I totally, totally agree. I, I, um, you know, I, I'll, I'll save you. I'll, I'll let you have all the obstacles and the muds and the this and the that. <laughs> but yeah, I would, I would much rather go marathon, ultra, whatever, uh, over five k. Just, just about any day of the week and twice on Sunday. Yeah, for sure. Like I'll do a little fun, little charity five k mm-hmm. here and there, just to you know hang out with friends and get in, get in some miles. It's an easy way to get in some miles. But right. yeah, it, yeah. No, and of I, course my my coach sprinkles in like some speed work and everything like that because even though I like going low and slow sometimes, you know we got to work on speed a little bit. But I yeah, don't oh like yeah, those days. it's 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 definitely uh, there's a lot of of benefits to to hitting it hard once in a while. But yeah, you know f- few and far between. Just a, a little a little uh, a little sprinkling once in a while is okay, but not not too often <laughs> for sprinkle. sure. Right, right. So how did you get into the, just the running world in general? Was was you know did, was OCR the place that started? Had you been running for a while before you dipped your toes into the the obstacle course scene? Like how how did you get started in the sport? Well, actually, it was crazy because um, 
I have two kids and after I had my two kids, I wanted to get back in shape and I had, I had gained like a lot of weight whenever I was pregnant and I had my kids and you know, it, it happens. I mean, you get older, you have kids, you get comfortable and happy, you know, and just, you know, it happens. But, um, I, I just, I really wanted to get back in shape. And, um, so I figured, Hey, running's pretty cheap. I don't have to spend a whole bunch on a gym membership and all that stuff. Stuff. Well, little did I know that I started running around in my neighborhood, you know, a mile here and there. And um, I signed up for um, a local 10K, uh, the Cajun Cup here in Lafayette, Louisiana. Um, I signed up for a 10K because I've never run that distance before. And that distance was like, whoa, <laughs> to me at the time. It was like beyond my expectations at the time. So I was like, I need to sign up for a 10K, give myself a goal, you know, to, to shoot for and train for. So that's what I did. And um, that's kind of how it all got started. And then whenever I started signing up for more races, because you can never sign up for just one, you know, <laughs> once you sign up for one, it's like, oh man, yep. when's the next one? When's the next <laughs> one? <laughs> so, um, I, I kept having these like crazy Spartan races pop up on my feed whenever I would start searching for local 5Ks or local races. And um, I think my, yeah, my first OCR was actually a Warrior Dash. Mm. Um, and their, their format is like a 5K with maybe 10 or 12 obstacles, real pretty, pretty simple format. And like, like of the beginner variety OCR <laughs> it's like the entry um kind of like an entry level drug <laughs> so I signed up for one of those with a few of my friends and like from then I was hooked I was like this is awesome like people do this as a sport like this is this is so awesome <laughs> like you know what I mean I don't have to like run and run and run and that's it <laughs> I kind of liked to break up the monotony of running a little bit. Sometimes I just wanted, you know, wanted to mix it up a little bit, throw in something a little different. But, um, yeah, once I started, um, I signed up for my first Spartan race back in, I think 2016, it was in Austin, well, really was in Burnett, Texas. Um, and, I signed up in the competitive wave mm. <laughs> and I had no clue what I was in for. I spent, almost maybe two and a half hours out on that course. It was a, it was an eight ish mile course, um, and around 20 something obstacles. And like, that was like the grown up obstacle course race to me at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so like I had, I had graduated to the big leagues, but then it was like, I went straight from elementary school to like my graduate degree mm -hmm. <laughs> because I was like, what did I do? But yeah, I just m kept meeting members of the community that were like super, super helpful out on the course. And I was like, man, these people are really awesome. Like, and I just kept meeting more and more people. And yeah, that's kind of how it grew from there. Um, and yeah, now I do it. I like doing it competitively. I'm not certainly not an elite racer mm -hmm. by any means, but um, I definitely like doing it competitively because I just I just feel like it gives me like another goal to you know, to train for and constantly be improving for. Cause if I, for me, like if I don't have that goal in mind, then it gets hard for me to kind of focus and train for something, you gotcha. know? Gotcha. Is there, is there a difference in the OCR world? You talk about, you know, doing them competitively. Is it, mm -hmm. is it 
similar to like the running world where it's like, you know, you can, you can go out and be competitive versus just go out and, and, you know, run it for, for quote unquote for fun. Or is there like a different classification, different wave for those that are, that are being a bit more competitive on the OCR front? Yeah, for sure. So, um, I'll use Spartan as an example mm-hmm. because they're right now they seem to be the most, um, uh, competitive brand, at least one of the bigger brands in our sport right now. Cause, um, tough mutter kind of got out of the whole competitive world, but so Spartan has different waves and different championship series and it can all be like jumbled up into, <laughs> <laughs> it can all get way more confusing than it has to be, but to put it simply, um, they have a wave for the elite racers. Um, so those are going to be the racers that, you know, are vying for those top spots and those, those cash podium prizes, mm-hmm. um, and who are probably part of the small handful that do it as their, as their day job. Right. <laughs> um, and, and then you have the age group category, um, waves where I think they split it up into certain age groups are split up differently because, um, just simply because of the size of the age group, Mm -hmm. like we'll have, uh, the 20 to 24 age group or the 30 to 34 age group. And you can actually, um, you can actually win, um, like top three in your age group and get a podium spot and they have age group awards at the end of the, at the end of the, um, the event. Mm -hmm. And then, and then you have just the open waivers that okay. are just kind of out there for fun. They just want to do it with their friends or team building exercises or whatever they're out there for. Mm. Um, a lot of people actually, um, sometimes some of the elite racers, they won't necessarily make it like in the top three, but if they make it in the top 10, everything's, um, on a point system. So they have certain races around the country right now that are designated as part of their U.S. championship series. Mm-hmm. So you get a certain amount of points for wherever you place. And so in their national standings, you can see where you stand on points and where you stand nationally. And you can get invited to their U.S. championship series race, which is held this year. It's going to be in Tahoe again. Okay. There was, it's been held in Tahoe for like the last, I don't know, at least three or four years. And there was supposed to be like this big announcement and everybody thought it was going to be moved from <laughs> Olympic Village, but nope, it's, it's still going to be in Olympic Village this year. So yeah. And I got the chance to go, um, a couple years ago. So that was, that was a super cool experience. I just did the competitive wave, but mm-hmm. like there's something like just really cool about running into the finish line and like you're running through Olympic village and you're like, this is so cool. <laughs> like just the atmosphere and everything. But yeah. What, what's the, I mean, this is probably a, a foolish question cause I feel like I probably kind of know the answer, but what's, <laughs> how much different is the competition when you're at that type of an event in Tahoe, the, the, the championships versus, you know, a, a, one that's in Dallas or one that's in, you know, pick, pick whatever location throughout the, the country throughout the rest of the year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, um, a lot of being between Texas and Louisiana, um, since I'm from Texas and I live in Louisiana, a lot of my friends and a lot of the com- more competitive racers that I know go to a lot of the Texas races. And so last weekend there was, um, the Spartan race in, in Austin again, but there was another race that was going on in big bear, uh, up in California, um, 
that was designated as part of their championship series. So a lot of the more professional, I guess, for for lack of a better word, mm-hmm. um, a lot of the more professional racers will go to um, to those races versus being at the Austin race. So, um, like, if you were to go to the Austin race and try and be competitive, um, there wouldn't be as stiff a competition because those more elite racers would be up at the championship series race. So it just kind of depends on where the weekend falls and mm-hmm. where the location is. And if it's a if it's a championship series weekend, then you know a lot of the the elite racers are going to be up at that race because they're they're vying for that for those top spots going into Tahoe. Um, but yeah, Tahoe a couple years ago was still a little pretty competitive. Um, I had been pretty consistent in like finishing top five in my age group throughout the year, a couple years ago. And, um, whenever I went to Tahoe, I think I finished like top 10 Mm. still, but like a little bit lower (laughs) than where I was, but I was still surprised to like finish out eighth in my age group (laughs) for that because that was like a brutal course. It was way longer than, than anybody anticipated. And, um, yeah, it, it took, I think I was out there for almost six hours. Wow. <laughs> well, but you know, you know, finishing still top 10 in, in the age group, kind of like you said with the, the, the first part of that, that answer, like, you know, you're getting probably for the most part, some of the best of the best from all around the country at that one race, instead of right. competing against more or less the, the same, the same women at some of those, those races that are more local regional type of, of events. So right, it's, it's exactly. still a pretty darn good showing to finish, you know, top 10. Like, that's nothing yeah. to be uh, kind of ho-hum about. Yeah, exactly. It's, I mean, Tahoe's definitely Tahoe and, um, the U S um, I don't know what they're calling it <laughs> anymore. Uh, another one of the championship series races in, in West Virginia, I guess that's like the, the, the end of the championship series races, but, um, West Virginia. So a lot of people are, um, a lot of the buzz is around Tahoe and West Virginia for definitely for Spartan. So a lot of people from all around the country, um, and even the world and what was really, yeah, that was, that was really cool. Actually, whenever I went in Tahoe, um, because they had, uh, they had a team race for the first time and they had a team from different countries. Like they had a team representing Jordan and Iceland, Sweden. Um, I think they had one from Morocco or something like that, but it was, it was really cool. They had a really good showing of teams just from all around the world. Um, so that was pretty, that was pretty interesting too, to see other obstacle course racers mm-hmm. from from overseas that we never really get to hear too often about because there's just not as much coverage but we know it's there right. <laughs> it just right. we just never get to see them as much is that something and, and this will maybe prove my ignorance when it comes to, to ocr racing but is <laughs> is it a team component is that something that is starting to become you know is spartan or, or other ocr events going the team route more at this higher levels of competition or is that just kind of a was a fluky thing uh to be honest I, in my opinion i think it was kind of like a, a fluky thing yeah. <laughs> because there is another brand the u uh, the ocr world championships um and i think the race director is adrian bigenata but he um he holds the ocr world championships 
I think this year it's going to be up in Vermont again. Um, and there's different ways you can qualify for it. Like you can qualify by finishing top 10 in your age group during the race year, and you can qualify to go compete and register to compete as part of your age group, or mm. you can, <clears throat> they have a journeyman category where you can just go run as an open waiver. Um, and then I think to, to compete as an elite racer, you have to, you have to, um, nag like one of the overall top spots, um, at an OCR, but, um, they have a team relay race and, um, yeah, I think it just kind of started as like, maybe like a, a charity thing that, uh, Mm. a race that they did like for charity or something like that. And, um, yeah, it just kind of blossoms from there. Like, you know, everybody wants to be a little bit competitive. Mm -hmm. So, so they have, um, they have different, they have a person, I think designated like one for running one for obstacle proficiency and one for like strength. So I personally haven't been able to, my schedule hasn't allowed me to go to the world championship series Mm -hmm. or OCR worlds, um, the last couple years. So I, unfortunately haven't been i'd qualified the last few years but i just it just wasn't in the cards for me (laughs) so um yeah but i've I've had a few friends that have done it and that i've had a lot of fun with it um and then we have a um there's a there's a gym out of houston that i that i train with i'm part of their pro team and the way we split up our um our team race is kind of similar is um you know, one person does the endurance part, which is the like the running. Um, we'll do like running and burpees, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then and then we'll have um, we'll have another one that does um, the multi rigs, which is just like a, an obstacle with different kinds of holds. Like you'll have like a little mm. one of those, I guess, Ninja Warrior right type type rigs where you have like a a banana hold and um, a ball uh, to a brick or something like that Mm. and just different things like that. And then, um, and then we'll have another person for, um, for strength and speed. So, so yeah, that's, that's going to be, that's coming up in August too. So that's going to be interesting. (laughs) So I'm, I'm, I guess maybe a little curious and and a little bit uh, what I'm picturing in my head at least when you first mentioned teams, maybe isn't exactly what's what's going on here. So I, I, I would, my my first thought was that that could be a really cool kind of thing, almost like you know a, a cross country nationals or a cross country international type of competition where you know you've got X number of people running and you take the the results of the top three or four people or whatever, yeah. combine them for a team and, and that's the team score. Yeah. But if I'm if I'm hearing you correctly, it's like do, do, do these team events have like. You're almost a specialty, like this, like one person runs right. and then the next person is at the obstacle waiting to do the obstacle or how does that exactly work? Um, so I know the way that we'll do it at Greek games is one person will do the, they have different designated events. Like this is going to be the endurance event. You're going to have to run 400 meter, meters, do as many burpees as you can. And then once the clock hits two minutes, go out for another 400 meter run and just put that on repeat for mm-hmm. 24 minutes. Wow. So we'll have one person doing that, and then um, that'll be their specialty. And then the the rig, the obstacle rig, mm-hmm. um, that'll be another person's specialty. Like maybe one person on the team is a little more proficient at it. They have an 80-foot 
they're going to have an 80 foot rig set up. So we're just going to have to see who can make it the furthest, um, among the team, um, um, among the person, the, the people that are competing as teams. Mm -hmm. So they'll put their obstacle people up and we'll see how far they can make it down the rig. And then, um, yeah, for the, like the strength and speed, um, categories, something similar, some kind of similar event right. anyway. Right. So it'll be, yeah, like so overall, it's, it's definitely completely different from just a normal quote unquote, quote unquote, normal, uh, obstacle right. course type of race where you're just going out from one obstacle to the next. Right. Now they do have some team races that are set up like that. Conquer the gauntlet actually has a team race that we did, um, last year up in Tulsa and, but their, their team race was kind of set up a little different. So some of their obstacles aren't as team friendly. Mm -hmm. So, um, like we would, the, the rule was to at least have, I think two people on the team make it through the obstacle. So as long as we had, and it was teams of four. So we had four people on our team. So at least two people had to make it through like the monkey bars or something Mm -hmm. like that. Um, or all team members had to make it over the wall, things like that. And um, their team race, they had different obstacles that were more mental. So like we had to figure out puzzles together as a team and go from obstacle to obstacle like that. So that was pretty cool because we had, uh, we had one obstacle that was, it was like something straight out of survivor or something because, (laughs) (laughs) because we were all four on, um, holding a rope out on this, out on this beam. And we were holding up all of our ropes were attached to this platform in the middle. And we all had blocks that spelled out a word and we had to stack the blocks on top of each other while balancing it on, on top of the platform. Mm. And if the blocks fell over and we, we could only, we could only go out to the platform, walk out to the platform one by one and stack our blocks and make it back out to where we were standing on the, on the beam. So it was, it, it was kind of, it was kind of difficult because we had to like think of a strategy and like, how are we going to mm-hmm. do this? Like without tipping the blocks over and things like that. So, so yeah, that was pretty fun. After that one, I was like, I could totally rock survivor. <laughs> <laughs> if, if, um, well, the, the thought that's going through my head now with, with, you know, kind of hearing about some of these, these, especially that type of thing where it's almost kind of survivor esque or kind of team team slash mental slash physical, like all of the things right. coming together. Um, yeah. It kind of sounds like, and, and maybe you know, certain certain different series or di- different organizations that are set up the races, might, you know, might vary more than the other. But um, it kind of sounds like, at least in the OCR world, like there's there's no sh- the, the only limit of what kind of obstacles, challenges, things like that, that that you could ever have to come across is just the the directors and the organizers, you know, creativity. <laughs> like there's there's no shortage Pretty of op- opportunities. Yeah, yeah, for sure. There's yeah, there's a ton of different obstacles that you can think of. Um, actually one of my friends, um, Sid Morris, he was the race director of battle races down here in Louisiana. Um, and kind of like between Louisiana and Mississippi, we were kind of like the redheaded stepchildren of the South (laughs) as far as the OCR locations go, because we either have to drive to Texas or drive to Florida to, um, to find a good obstacle course race. But, um, 
Yeah, he uh, he would just kind of think up something in his head <laughs> as far as obstacles go and then kind of sketch it out on paper. And he has like scaffolding and stuff that he builds um, and that he hangs these rigs from and he tests it out and he's like, oh, this would be fun. <laughs> and I'm like, you just took it to a whole nother level. Like, why'd you have to do that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of interesting because I mean, you just kind of have to be prepared for anything and yeah. And if you get a race director like him, he'll, he'll take his obstacle and he'll just take it to another level. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, like he had a, he had a rig, um, that he built recently for, um, for OCR worlds called dragon or no, what did he call it? Um, I think he called it triumph. Um, but it's basically jumping out to a pole and you have this slanted wall that your feet land on. But whenever you're standing on the platform, whenever you're standing on the platform, the gap between the jump looks a lot further than it actually is because you have this slanted wall that goes all the way down to the ground. And realistically, it's probably only like maybe two feet away from the wall that you're standing on. So you jump out to this horizontal bar and you try and catch yourself and your feet land on the, on the slanted wall and you just, the jump, it just, it just plays tricks when, mm. on, on your mind because you're like, Oh my gosh, I have to make this leap of faith and hopefully I can reach that bar because, or, or else I'm going to be like sliding down to the ground. But yeah. Um, he made it to where like the first two jumps are, are pretty easy. If you can make it past the first jump, the second jump is pretty easy. But then like the third jump is always a little hairier because it's just slightly further away <laughs> and you can tell it's just slightly further away. Um, but yeah, it, that's the one that always kind of stops me in my tracks and I'm like, okay, I just have to, I just have to go for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> When when you don't know, and you kind of touched on this a little bit, but I, I want to dig a little deeper if we can. When you, when you don't really know what is is going to happen as far as what obstacles are going to be there, how, how do you how do you prepare? Like how do you, you know? I, I, I'm sure, and from talking to some other OCR our folks, you know, there's there's a lot of things that there's you know some similarities between the different series, and there's you know a lot of upper body strength and grip strength yeah, and, and things like that. Um, but but when you come across something that's just completely out of left field, something you've never seen before, <laughs> heard before, um, like do, do you do you stop and go, all right, like let me, let me look at this and think about this for a second? Do you just kind of like dive right in without develop, yeah. developing a strategy? Like like how do you attack an obstacle that you've never seen <laughs> of before, heard of before, anything like that? Yeah. Um... It depends on the kind of race that I'm running. If I'm just training, yeah, I'm just going to jump right into it and see if I can do it. (laughs) (laughs) So um, actually, the best example I have with this is probably Conquer the Gauntlet. They have um, the horizontal pegboard. Mm. Um, So their pegboard goes over water and you just kind of have to travel along this pegboard, putting these pegs into holes and travel across the wall um, while you're hanging. So it's it's... it's a, it's a grip killer mm. and it's definitely like a mental thing too, because, um, the past couple races, I haven't been able to complete it. Um, so Kanye Gauntlet is one race series that allows multiple attempts at obstacles. Not, um, not every race mm. series does that like Spartan. If you, 
you're a one and done. If you fail or fall off an obstacle, then um, that's a failure. So Burpee you have to central. do this. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> burpee penalty. And yeah, everybody loves burpees. So, um, so yeah, you have to do their 30 burpee penalty. But um, for um, race series like Savage Race and Conquer the Gauntlet, they allow you to try it multiple times. Um, and there have certainly been like some some top three, definitely definite top three changes just because somebody is willing to not give up and Mm. keep trying at the obstacle (laughs) and they finally get it and they end up like with the top spot. Um, but anyway, going off on that tangent, (laughs) so Pegatron, um, it's, yeah, I had to learn how to do it. I had to learn how to, how to attack it and what my strategy was going to be. Um, until before I actually got across the obstacle. So we have a ninja gym down in New Orleans that has something similar set up. So mm-hmm. I just, it took a lot of just trial and error to see what I was comfortable with, like what kind of grip I was comfortable with. And everybody is different. Like a lot of the, a lot of the guys definitely have a little more upper body strength than, than some of the women. So, um, they're, uh, they're able to do it maybe a little differently mm-hmm. than I will. But, yeah, I had to learn a completely different strategy than what I was thinking in my head. So, um, before I could actually finish the obstacle. Um, so it's, it's a lot of trial and error, (laughs) but, um, yeah, sometimes you just have to, you just have to do it and see what works for you. Do you ever just roll up on an obstacle and go, Nope. Just give me the burpees. Like I'm not, <laughs> not even going to like burn, you know, I, I know I, I'm not going to be able to do this whole thing. So I'm not going to burn my grip out or I'm not going to whatever, you know, if, if you just know, do, do you ever do that? Or do you always give it a shot? Uh, well, yeah, I always like to give it a shot because there have definitely been times where I've surprised myself and, um, and made it across an obstacle that I for sure didn't think I was going to be able to complete. Mm. And I just, I, I always, I always have to give it a shot. For me, that's how I like to race, and that's how, in my opinion, that's how, that's how obstacle races should be raced. Mm-hmm. In my, and that's just my opinion. Right. I mean, everybody has their own opinion of it, but um, you know, whenever you start getting into the multi-lap stuff, um, once you've already done one lap of all the same obstacles, you kind of get into that um, into that thinking strategy, because once you come up on an obstacle again, and you're thinking, oh, well, my hands are shot or something like that. Um, I'll just take the penalty loop. Um, but I like to at least try because mm-hmm. like I said, I, I've surprised myself a couple times, you know, um, but um, it can definitely be a part of the strategy um, whenever you're doing something like an endurance OCR. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know. A lot of people, a lot of people did that at, uh, at world's toughest motor last year there. And um, they had, they had a different format where you could almost pick and choose if you wanted to go the obstacle route and Tough Mudder has electrified obstacles mm. <laughs> to take it up a notch. They have the electrified obstacles where you uh, run through the gauntlet of live wires that kind of zap you here gets, and there. Gets your attention. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they kind of wake you up in the middle of the night. <laughs> so they had different routes that you could take. Like, do you want to do obstacles or do you want to just run and get zapped <laughs> a few times? <laughs> oh, boy. 
I don't know. That's so, that's uh, damned if you do and damned if you don't. I think right, right there. Exactly. Exactly. Some people use that as part of their strategy too. Like in the middle of the night, like two, three o'clock in the morning, they're like, "Oh man, I'm feeling so tired. I need to wake up. I'm gonna Just go the electrified through. route." Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> Oh goodness! Um, on that on that lovely note of of just go ahead and electrocute yourself <laughs> running through the mud, um, what uh, you know? So so there's people that listen to the show that that you know have dabbled into into OCRs before, and, right. and some that that do them somewhat regularly, especially kind of maybe in the summertime where it's like it's hot. So you know, doing some doing some water things or whatever yeah. might be a bit more more enjoyable, or it's just at least just you know getting muddy and wet isn't as as yeah. uncomfortable as if it is in you know <laughs> late fall or something like that where it's forty degrees outside. But uh, for for people that are listening that are you know maybe on the, maybe a bit more on the fence than I am because I'm I'm like you know what. You enjoy your obstacle course races, but I'll, I'll stick to just running the roads and the trails for me right now. Uh, not going to say never, though. I, I've learned my lesson on never say never. But uh, for people that are, are maybe thinking about, you know, like like I might, I, you know, maybe this year is the year. Maybe they've got that, that friend that's trying to talk them into it or, or something like yeah. that. W- what are some good ideas, best practices uh, to, to prepare for your first, whatever, you know, series that might be that, that they're interested in? Um, what are some ways to kind of start bridging that gap from I'm quote unquote, just a runner to I'm going yeah. to compete in an obstacle course race? Yeah. So what I love about obstacle course races is you see all kinds of athletes out there at all kinds of different levels of fitness out there. And I mean, I, I have a few friends in Dallas that don't train at all for anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, they just, they, they like their office jobs, but they like doing obstacle course races every once in a while, but they don't train for it or anything like that. I mean, maybe they run every once in a while, um, but they do it as a group and they just kind of jump into it. And, um, that's, that's kind of a lot of what you see in the open waves is a lot of people that are, you know, maybe they want to make a kind of a change in their life or they want to try and start getting fit or they want to just like go out there and have fun with their buddies. Um, a lot of the open waves and a lot of Tough Mudder has gone back to this um, this year since getting out of the competitive stuff. Um, but a lot of it is very team oriented um, and it's a lot of the community helping each other out. And what surprised me whenever I first did that first Spartan race in Austin, what surprised me most was whenever I was running in the competitive wave at the time, but people were still willing to stop and help me out. But I've never seen that person before in my life, (laughs) you know? So, um, there's, there's a lot of that community vibe where, you know, um, we'll have a lot of posts on some of the different Facebook pages. Um, like I'm, I signed up for this obstacle course race, but you know, I'm, I'm running it alone and I'm really worried, but a lot of the community reaches out and they're like, Hey, don't worry about it. We're here. We're here for you. Just if you need help, just ask for it. Or somebody's always willing to offer it. Mm -hmm. Um, you really barely even have to ask. Um, but yeah, it's, and it's different levels of fitness. And so even if you wanted to just jump in on one, um, yeah, there's different levels of difficulty. There's different race series that are a little more beginner friendly that aren't as competitive and they don't even have the competitive waves. Um, so yeah, there's just a lot of different options out there right now 
for people who want to maybe just check it out with their friends or who maybe want to try and see how they do against themselves, I guess. Um, Any recommendations for, for how to prepare for that first one? Like just practice your burpees, do some pull-ups, like, like how, to, how, to, how to go from, yeah. you know, I think I might give myself a chance to actually do kind of well. Yeah. Um, so a lot of, a lot of the training is just like a little bit of everything. Um, I am lucky enough to pair up with, um, my, my buddy, Miles Keller and Victor Cazada. They, they do, um, they kind of write out some, some workouts for me, but it's a little bit of everything. Um, it's a little bit of running, um, every day, like aerobic runs, maybe three or four times a week. And then, um, you're working with, uh, pretty manageable weights, weighted stuff, uh, a couple times a week. Um, every once in a while they'll throw like a heavy carry in there. So just carrying around a, maybe a 50 pound sandbag or something like that. Uh, and kind of walking, walking around with that maybe for 200, 400 meters, whatever it might be. Um, and a lot of grip stuff, definitely. So like the best thing, for training grip, I've found is um, like dead hangs from a pull-up bar. Mm. And then once you've got a pretty decent dead hang time to start switching up your grip on the dead hangs. So like your hands are facing forward and then you switch up your grip on each hand mm. to facing backward. And then you just kind of go back and forth while you're hanging on the bar like that. And that's kind of what I've found to be like a really good grip strengthener because you're training your hands to change up your grip style right as well as training your grip so um that and those old school <laughs> grip trainers that you like squeeze with one hand right, right. yeah I remember straight out of the my... 80s magazines the muscle exactly. magazines <laughs> exactly <laughs> i used to have one in my car and i used to have one like in my center console and so whenever i would be like stuck in traffic or something i would just whip it out and just start training it i'm like man i feel so cheesy right now oh goodness <laughs> But my grip is gonna be so good. You're right, right. I'm gonna have I'm gonna have forearms for days. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh goodness. So, so switching gears a little bit before we, we run out of time here, Anna. OCR talk. We, we, you know, I, I feel like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but on the dates, but it's it's maybe a little bit over a, a year old, maybe about a year and a half at this point. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we started doing it last February. Um, my buddy Jason, he's been to a lot of the races that I've been to, and that's kind of how we met and how we started running around in the same circles. And um, he posted on one of the group Facebook pages. He's like, hey, I've got this concept for a OCR podcast. Um, would anyone want to want to co-host with me? And I was completely kidding. I was like, I could totally geek out on OCR all day, every day. And let's do this thing. <laughs> and, and he messaged me and he was like, so, so yeah, we're really going to do this. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he kind of, he kind of takes over all the, all the technical stuff behind the scenes. And I just kind of show up and talk and, Sometimes we go off on wild tangents on our episodes and <laughs> sometimes we actually stick to the show notes. Mm -hmm. But, um, yeah, we kind of wanted to just have a, a podcast. There's a lot of podcasts out there right now that like interview the elite racers and the elite athletes and cover, cover that kind of thing. And that's all well and good. And that's really cool. But we kind of wanted to do something a little different to where like, 
we wanted to be like the average Joes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we wanted to kind of rep the average Joes that are out there racing that want to be competitive, but are definitely not like, you know, not vying for mm-hmm. top one, two, and three in the country <laughs> and trying to make a name for ourselves or anything like that. But so, yeah, that's kind of how that got started. And yeah, I think it's about a year and a half old now. And um, yeah, it's going pretty great. Um, I've had a few giveaways for our listeners to give back awesome. for our listeners. A lot of our listeners have been local, but um, since we've been competing in more events and more people have been recognizing i don't know how people recognize me though because <laughs> i've been to I've, I've been to some races and they're like oh aren't you uh ocr talk that uh, that other lady from ocr talk i'm like yeah but how'd you recognize me i mean this is really super cool but <laughs> that's how you know you've made the big time is when people just start, start picking you out of a lineup <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it happens very few and far between at a race, but I'm always surprised whenever it happens and super flattered. And like, I always like hearing from listeners because like, that's where I, that's where I feel like I get the most ideas of mm-hmm. like what to talk about. Cause we don't really, we like to just have a cut kind of like, you know, what we're doing, just kind of right. have a conversation about, about the sport and, you know, what's going on and how we're training and all that other kind of stuff, whatever, whatever else might come to our minds at the time <laughs> right well and and you know it gives it gives the people in your life a break from having to hear you talk about it all the time you can talk about it with somebody right. else who's interested in it and people <laughs> exactly. that are listening are people that are interested in ocr so like they're not getting bored t- talking about obstacles and training styles and all that stuff it's just like it's just like this exactly. with running. like we can nerd out on on running stuff and blur the oh, lines with ocr sure. once in a while and like everybody's <laughs> interested because this is what we what we do and we don't have to bore our, our friends and family that, that don't care about running for sure it's like it's like whenever i'm at work and i want to talk about my race the past weekend and like nobody wants to talk to me about it because they don't know what's going on. <laughs> they, they've all learned to not ask the, the question exactly, of how it went because exactly. you know I'm once they like ask they better ultra runner at right. work <laughs> yeah once they ask they better sit down because it's going to be a a, a bit of a uh, of a discussion that, that you're gonna you know, you're getting on your soapbox time to go to town exactly they they they're still trying to wrap my head wrap their heads around like me running 100k in in february and they're like that's like from here to baton rouge and then some <laughs> uh, at least yeah, at least they can much. do the the math on the kilometers because usually that's, right, that's exactly. a sticking point for a lot of people <laughs> exactly oh goodness <laughs> they're always like you're gonna run that all in one time yeah yeah, yeah that's usually how it goes <laughs> <laughs> you know that's at least that's the plan if, if not something yeah. went wrong you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> oh, goodness. so uh, as, as we're kind of wrapping up here and um the, the way i like to kind of close the conversation is with something that i call a philosophical question and this is actually probably isn't going to be as philosophical as it usually is today <laughs> but um you know we, we talked a lot about the obstacle course specific stuff and, and some of the training and obstacles and all mm-hmm. that type of thing. But one thing that, that you mentioned way at the beginning, and I just never kind of made my way back to it until now is that, you know, you do some quote unquote, just races, some just running events, ultras, whatever, and, and <laughs> training for, um, and training for some of the OCR events that you do. So, uh, I'm curious your take, uh-huh. how, how important or, or maybe what, what level of, of focus do you think is, is appropriate for just the running side of things when, when preparing for an OCR? Like, is that, is that maybe more important than preparing for obstacles 50, 50, like, like how important is that cardio base for somebody like yourself? Or just, like I said, anybody who's listening is that's thinking about getting into OCRs. How important Mm -hmm. is that cardio running base in your opinion, your estimation? I'd probably give it about a, 
if not 50 50 maybe 60 40 i i mean it's a running's a big part of the race um because there's different parts in the race where um you know, sometimes you might have a good stretch in between obstacles to where if you're a stronger runner, you could definitely catch up with, with the, with the head of the pack. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think, um, with the ultra OCR side of things, um, I mean, eventually it becomes less of a run and more of like a brisk walk right, right. <laughs> to and from obstacles. Um, but yeah, it's, it's, I would say it's a pretty big part of the part of the race. Um, but definitely the, the ultra side of things, you know, I call it the long grind because a lot of times whenever you're out there on, um, a multi-lap and you're on like maybe like your third or fourth lap or whatever, a lot of times you'll find yourself out there just by yourself mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're just kind of walking along. Um, and like no one's going to push you in those moments except yourself. Right. So, <laughs> so a lot of it is just pure mindset and pure grit. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of like why I like to do that kind of stuff just cause it not only pushes you physically, but definitely pushes you mentally to kind of push past what you think your body is capable of and then find a completely new level and then try and level up from there too. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> Well, and that's, and it's, that's the beauty of, of just running. That's the beauty of obstacle. That's that's the beauty of a lot of, a lot of these types of events that, that we're all kind of into on one level or another is just keep pushing yourself, keep, keep trying to get stronger mentally, physically, the whole nine yards and and keep making yourself a better person. So that's definitely, that's fantastic. So once again, guys, uh, on the Instagram, if you want to connect with Anna there at T T X I N L A Texas in Louisiana, but, uh, you know, (laughs) shortened out at at T X in L A, uh, disruns.com slash seven, three, five is the link for today's show notes. And if you're, if you're thinking about maybe, you know, maybe, maybe this is the year that you're going to dabble in some OCR stuff. Uh, give the, give the podcast, listen, OCR talk, wherever podcasts are found, check it out a couple times a month. About every two weeks is kind of what the schedule yeah. seems to be, but you know it's loosey goosey sometimes. You know, <laughs> sometimes it might be three weeks, whatever. You figure it out. <laughs> yeah. But just go ahead and give them a subscribe, check out their show, uh, and learn a little bit about uh, kind of OCR things as well. So, Anna, thanks for uh, for taking the time today. Uh, certainly uh, appreciate it, and uh, certainly wish you nothing but the best going forward in 2019 and beyond. Yeah. Uh, thanks and, for uh, having me. Yeah, the pleasure is mine. So thanks so much, and have a great awesome. rest of your day. Thanks. All right. Guys, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between Anna and myself. And as always, I'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was something that you talked that, that we talked about today, that Anna and I talked about today, that really stood out to you, that really rang true to you uh, in this uh, semi-deep dive, or certainly a much deeper dive than what uh, we usually take around here into the world of obstacle course racing. Um, for me, you know, one of the things that really stood out uh, was when Anna was talking about OCRs and just how um, diverse the participant list can be. And it made me think a lot about a lot of the road races we do. A lot of, a lot of just running races in general. Shoot, I mean, I feel like the trail races are the same way as well, where it's different sizes, different shapes, different levels of experience, different levels of, of fitness and ability and strengths and weaknesses. And, and just, just you know, there, there's no um, – it, 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 obstacle course racing – Again, just like running, it's not "quote unquote" only for the elite. It's not "quote unquote" only for those who you know have 
six percent body fat and are just jacked and and can you know run uh seven minute miles over and over and over again like anybody can participate in those events and the the reason that stands out is that i think you know like a lot of things like running may have been to you at, at some point as well um from the outside looking in it can be very intimidating um, I'm a little bit sometimes intimidated about thinking about doing uh, an OCR event. Um, that's not my biggest holdup, but that's, that, there is a little bit of that. And so to hear Anna talk about just how, you know, it doesn't, it doesn't matter. There's, there's plenty of people that are out there just to, you know, obviously to push themselves, but to not worry about the clock, to not worry about quote unquote racing. They're out there to have fun. They're out there to push themselves. They're out there to do a challenging thing, maybe with some friends, maybe to do it by themselves and to make friends along the way. Whatever the case might be, um, it doesn't it doesn't matter how fast you are, how slow you are, how big, small, whatever. You can you can do it if you want to do it. And so, you know that's that's just something that I, I love about pretty much all running forms of of anything is that if you want to do it, there's room for you at the table. We can, we can make it happen. Um, there's no size requirements, experience requirements. Um, obviously some races have pace requirements, but, um, you know, it, just as far as, as if you're interested, you have the opportunity. It's something you can try. So, you know, if you've been on the fence about obstacle course racing, maybe feeling a little bit like, I don't know if I would fit in there, you know, maybe, maybe this would, is a little nudge to say, Hey, give it a shot. Give it a shot. What have you got to lose? Even if you're not, you know, jacked, you're not super strong in the upper body, you're worried about your pace, you're worried about whatever. I think Anna said that, uh, or if, I'm, if I can put words in Anna's mouth, I would say that there's there's people out there doing obstacle course races right now that, you know, that, that are, that, that whatever your deficiency is, whatever you're scared about, there's people out there that with the same situation that are doing it. So if you want to do it, do it. You want to stick to just running, just running on the roads, just running on the trails, that's cool too, but if you if you have an inkling, an itch that you want to scratch in the OCR world, um, go for it. Go for it. And if you do that, let me know how it goes. I would love to hear your uh, first obstacle course racing experiences, or if you've been doing it for a while, let me know that as well. Who knows? Maybe maybe eventually it'll wear me down, and I'll uh, I'll get in the mud and the muck and the the mire and get out there and experience an obstacle course race myself. But uh, not planning to do that anytime soon. But uh, who knows what the future might hold. But anyway, that's my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from this episode? Please let me know. Uh, I'm at DizRuns on Twitter. I'm at DizRuns on Instagram. You can always slide into those DMs and let me know your thoughts and feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. Or you can make it in a public post. That's always cool too. Uh, you can also shoot me an email anytime, DizRuns at gmail.com. And you can always head over to the show notes for today's episode. Uh, photos, links, all the good stuff disruns.com slash 735 is the link that'll take you right back to the show notes today. And uh, you can dive into all the good stuff that is there, all the hard work that Ellen puts into it. And uh, Tanya for getting things ready and, and up and out the door, ready to go. Um, appreciate those ladies doing, doing some work for me. Uh, I'm doing a little bit of work for them on the coaching front, which is cool. Um, but love having good show notes and love it when you all can, can check those out. So check them out. Dizruns.com slash 735 for today. Uh, don't forget, you want to get some coffee. Dizruns.com slash coffee is just one of the many ways that you can support the show. Uh, new things coming, old things in the, in the, you know, that are out there already. Check out the little things course, get yourself in the giveaway. If you haven't done so already, Dizruns.com slash giveaway. Uh, you get yourself a free training plan for a race of your choice. Like I said, the little things course talking about diet, nutrition, talking about cross training, sleep, uh, self kind of massage and, and soft tissue work. 
all for free. Lots of videos, lots of resources, lots of things that will hopefully help you improve on the little little things side of your training, which, uh, as as we all know, is not uh, that's not a little a little thing. It's important stuff to do to really help maximize your training. So check out that course uh, if you haven't done so already, and if you have checked it out, uh, still still looking forward to, to hearing what you think about it, and if it's something that uh, you know you would like me to continue along. Uh, with creating some new courses, got some ideas, working, not working on those yet, but uh, the, the ideas are planted, giving them a little time and space to germinate. Um, so always got new things coming um, down the pipe uh, and, and just appreciate all the support that you all give me in, in a variety of fashions, paid, unpaid, financial, mentions on social media, sharing episodes, sharing posts, telling other people about the Facebook group. All of those things help out. All of those things really mean a lot. So thank you guys for all you do to support the show. Uh, And until next time, please be well. Take good care. Thank you again for listening today. Really appreciate it. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Take care, guys.